Welcome to Studio 1776. I'm your host, Daniel Leach. I'm joined by Rexton Lotus Justice. She's going to be giving us an update on what has gone on with her case. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> let's see. I have a 10th appellate appeal that's uh, that's going ongoing uh, where I'm um, stating that the judge, the prosecution, and the Bureau of Criminal Investigation conspired to withhold exculpatory evidence, which they did, um, when they came to the house under the uh, ruse that I was mentally ill, after my arrest, I was immediately taken to the hospital and given an evaluation by three psychiatrists and uh, and uh, was declared competent, competent enough to uh, you know, deny or accept surgery and uh, competent in, in their mind, um, though I had a different social construct um, it was not considered delusional because it was a, a shared construct by other people in the society. You know, basically like political, uh, politi- basically the, the, the statements of, by, by the, I think two of them, is that just because someone has different political or ideologies or social ideologies not, does not make one someone delusional, right? So um, that, uh, that evaluation by those three psychiatrists was suppressed uh, off the record uh, by uh, up until recently, uh, by the Bureau of Criminal Investigation, they subpoenaed it. I think on August 11th, 2020, and then summarily turned around and sealed it, so that I couldn't even get my own medical records, even with HIPAA requests. I didn't get it, and uh, through very extensive effort by my mother, who uh, I think requested it, had requested like three or four times. Um, because I kept saying they kept losing the request. Then when you find out, no, it, the, the records have been sealed by court order. Um, it, it took until April of 2021 to get them. Uh, but the Bureau of Criminal Investigation had them as early as August of 2020, and that particular tidbit of information proved me competent. And so if they had uh, if they had not withheld it, that would have been an, uh, evidence on the record that the whole uh, – profession by the state of mental illness was not valid because it was a competency report done on the day that they actually came into the house without a warrant, trying to wheel the probate order uh, to uh, trespass on a house and breach a house with deadly force without a warrant, um, you know, with no exigent circumstances. So it's a very key piece of evidence that was withheld by the a subdivision of the Attorney General's Office of the State of Ohio. And the significance of this is that in this case, the the complaint, the the municipal complaint that brought about the demand for an indict uh, for a grand jury, uh, and and you know um, being impaneled and quote the indictment that came forth was filed by an agent of BCI. So the Bureau of Criminal Investigation brought forth the charges against me. So BCI agents brought forth the charges against me. Um, well, not me, but the the legal uh, person, um, and. Uh, then they proceeded to collect the evidence, then they proceeded to seal the evidence, and they proceeded to process the evidence, and they proceeded to write a report, which is withholding and or um, misleading, and in some cases just outright uh, misrepresenting the facts of the case, and then proceeded to withhold exculpatory evidence from me and uh, and potentially from the court for over a year. So it's a, it's a pretty significant appeal. We'll see what happens with that. Um, because that uh, withholding of exculpatory evidence has caused uh, a delay of the due process of law and a right to speedy trial because, you know, they had me on the crazy train. So they withheld a piece of, of, of med- a medical record that was done the day that they came into the house under the uh, 
the professions that I was mentally ill, which says I'm not mentally ill, and they've withheld that. And, um, and so that's, you know, that's uh, pretty much their whole case. And um, so we'll see. There's that, and then we have uh, a habeas case in 221, 2-21 CV 5903 with the United States District Court for the Southern District of Ohio. Uh, that's, that is actually an actual independent claim. It's actually a claim against a variety of people uh, professing um, uh, conspiracy against rights, uh, acts of domestic terrorism, treason, and sedition for trying to wield a probate order. Uh, as if it is a Fourth Amendment warrant for the purposes of affecting a fraudulent eviction, and then all the things that come from that. Uh, we also have a habeas in uh, 221 CV 5902 with the same court, and that has been sent back down to the magistrate uh, for the magistrate to argue um, to argue again his points by the actual judge, because the last pleading that I put in uh, arguing against his recommendations, I pretty much slammed them constitutionally. Um, and uh, because he was just basically arguing, well, you, you know, this person's in jail because they're under bond. That's why they're there. That's the, that's the show cause. And I'm like, no, you gotta you gotta go further than that. You can't just say, oh, well, because we have someone under bond, we can keep them in jail. The bond has to be validated by a, a valid indictment, which has to be validated by a valid probable cause and and a trespass of the statutes. And if you've issued bonds when there is no trespass of the statutes, that's a fraudulent bond under the full faith and credit clause. So there's a variety of things involved in these cases that are actually commercial and, and treasury in their nature because remember that kidnapping and the perpetuation of kidnapping is a treasury crime. So if I'm being held unconstitutionally, uh, having not trespassed a statute, having affected self-defense because uh, uh, anyone, agent or state or anybody, unlawfully entered uh, a tenancy that I controlled occupancy without a warrant for arrest or seizure or anything like that and tried to murder me and my family, my wife, and injured me, uh, any bond issued against that, even if they garner an indictment, uh, it would be a violation of full faith and credit and because you can only – basically uh, – Bonds are, uh, a, are secu I guess they're, they're indemnifying the state uh, who is professing a trespass of the statute. So you have to have a trespass of statutes in order to validate a bond. That's what the full faith and credit under Title 28, subsection 1738, and for children in probate cases, 1738A uh, states that there has to be a trespass of statute. So. Uh, and that's where, when it comes to child custody cases, uh, most of the states are violating Treasury law and the full faith and credit because uh, the trespass of the federal statutes are, are most likely never being satisfied. There's only five conditions for taking children, and yet the states have really expanded the statutory means that the states can seize children for methamphetamines and, and marijuana and all usually in, in Ohio the two of the things they use most often are methamphetamine and marijuana possession and those are not foundations under the federal instruments um, of title four for for uh, uh, to seize a child so they're issuing bonds in the state that are not considered crimes and trespasses of the federal statutes so that's where equity and, and the equity rules and the law of equity come into into practice with any type of criminal, quote, criminal charge, which is just really a, it's a, it, they treat it as a criminal case, but it's really a, 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 civil, a civil case. All causes are civil in the state of Ohio. That's rules of civil procedure, rule two, I believe. All causes are civil. Even criminal causes of action are civil because 
the state of Ohio a thing? Is the plaintiff against a, a state, uh, you know, a corporate instrument, your legal fiction, all capital persons? So it's things versus things. That's a civil suit. That's not a criminal suit. Things can't be torted, so they're not criminal in their nature. As far as a tort is concerned, it's a trespass crime, you know, pecuniary in its value. So these are all things related um, to civil causes of action which have treasury instruments attached to them in bonds. And so they have to jive. They can't, they can't issue a bond against someone who didn't trespass a statute. And they can't issue a bond in a child uh, and, or uh, overseas children and affect um, uh, liens on their Social Security number for benefits uh, if there's no trespass statute. So they can't basically access the Treasury without a trespass statute. And that's the full faith and credit clause. So that's where they're at in, in this case, and that's the argument in the, in the habeas case that, you know, you can't just say, I think the statement was, it's not unconstitutional, this guy said, it's not, uh, it's Magistrate Murray's, he goes, it's not unconstitutional for the state of Ohio to issue a bond whether or not a tenancy was lawfully or unlawfully entered. And that is a completely repugnant statement under full faith and credit in the Constitution. So we'll see how that goes. Um, in the uh, lower court, quote, criminal case, and uh, was the common police court, case number 20-CR-03470, you know, I'm, I'm operating as counsel for the defense, trying to affect the defense, and I'm, uh, the judge is obstructing and not facilitating that right. Um, I just spent uh, two days last week sitting in the court where they thought I could where they gave me the opportunity six hours to go over, quote, the discovery that was given to me uh, under good faith by the prosecution. The discovery is over a terabyte of data. It's over 750 photos. It's, I don't know how many hundreds of hours. I would say it's well over 100 hours of audio and or video. And I got six hours and uh, to look at it. And uh, yesterday he said, well, we're not, we're not going to give you any more opportunity to look at this anymore, and and I'm like, well, I should be able to look at this at the jail, you know, and uh, have a room where the deputies take me and provide me the ability to do, to view this stuff, uh, and be able to, I'm supposed to be able to, you know, uh, look at the docket. I'm supposed to be able to do uh, legal research. I still have access to large envelopes and all the, you know, the ability to do certificates of service to mailing to. It's supposed to be free postage to courts. None of this stuff is happening. And um, and so the judge is not facilitating that. Uh, he's using jail as an impediment to uh, a due process of law and the ability to affect proper defense. So he's basically using the jail as an obstruction of justice, which it, that's its, kind of its intent, but the way they use it in the modern sense. But, you know, they put you in jail to try to coerce you into using their bar union member. And what I'm saying, I'm not supposed to have to, which you're not. You're not supposed to have to use a bar union member, even as even as uh, by counsel. But you're not supposed to have to do that, and you're supposed to be able to affect uh, due process of law even while incarcerated. The only purpose for incarceration is supposed to be to make sure you show up to trial and that uh, that the incarceration and under bail cannot uh, exceed that that purpose. It can't it can't uh, deprive one of liberty or the ability to affect due process of law, and that's what it's used for. So people are put into jail in the modern sense uh, under excessive bonds. Uh, mine being $2 million, uh, which would mean I'd have to come up with either $200,000 cash or a property worth $200,000 that I'd have to leverage uh, to get out on bond. And it was four, by the way. I got to argue down to two. And um, 
have, have argued for bond reduction or bond modifications at least twice, but they're holding me in here because they don't want me to have the ability to affect a, a proper defense without the use of an attorney. Uh, they, they're, they're trying to coerce me into contract uh, with one of their bar, with with one of their you know shoe in court appointed ones in this case attorney who his uh, esquire who has already violated his his oath to to the defense by uh, basically um, having ex parte conversations with witnesses for the prosecution you know where he uh, impugns the, my character and all this other stuff so I mean. It's a, it's quite the little uh, racketeering gimmick they got going here. So I'm basically sitting in jail uh, with very few funds and resources. That's one problem that's been a big problem for me. I haven't been able to access any of my assets. My assets have been seized unlawfully uh, where I can't liquidate the things I'd like to liquidate. Uh, I'm not able to work because I'm in jail. Uh, and, you know, uh, my my companies uh, where, I, where I held my capita and – could affect and create wealth. I've not been able to do that while I'm in jail. Um, you know, so basically they're basically uh, shackling me in my house. You know, like the Bible says, you cannot shackle them in. Let's go into his house and shackle him there. Well, that's what they did. And then they put you in this room where you can't affect commerce. You can't uh, garner your assets if people on the outside are unlawfully seizing them and withholding them from you. And uh, you know, you can't you can't get money. Um, and then the courts try to charge you fees and, and call you in, uh, indigent and, and pauperous after they've made you pauperous because you can't work and they've made it. And often you lose your assets and they bankrupt you by taking you and you can't take care of your business. You know, you lose your apartment, you lose your property, you lose your, you lose your car because it sits at in town until you can't, and you can't go get it because you can't get out there to, to pay to get it out. So. It, the, the fees for the impound becomes more than the value of the car, then the state seizes it and sells it, and you lose your, you lose your apartment because you don't pay your rent. You lose all your property in your apartment because you've got no one to help you get it out. I mean, stuff like this. And so jail is being used to bankrupt people and to coerce people into contract with their fictitious, you know, corporate state, and that's the purpose of it. And uh, I'm making it very clear that that's the purpose of it. And because, you know, we're all supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, well, that would mean that the only people that should be in jail should be people who have uh, missed a court date and have a capious, are already under uh, uh, a, a guilty plea of some type and are, and are on parole and have violated the terms of an agreement. So people who are just sitting in jail waiting to stand trial, uh, who have never uh, proven themselves not willing to attend hearings, should be able to get out on uh, ankle monitors, on work release, all these other things. But they're not doing that, folks. They're putting people in here and holding them in jail for months, years, years, years at a time, uh, trying to coerce people into plea agreements and into coercing them into contract, and basically forcing them into, uh, you know, this pigeonhole uh, where that they're they're allowing them to have. In fact, um, when I came back uh, from the downtown courthouse, uh, I was in a transport with a guy who basically had been on bond for three years. And because he wouldn't, they were getting ready to, it, they brought it, you know, we're bringing the case finally into to its term. And because he wouldn't take the plea agreement, uh, the judge revoked his bond and put him in jail because he wouldn't take the plea agreement. Uh, he hadn't violated the bond in three years. He wasn't on probation or parole. He wasn't on paper. The only reason and foundations for revoking his bond is because you have one minute remaining. He refused to take a plea and wanted to go to trial. And this is what they're doing, folks. I mean, you have uh, you have tyranny in this country, and um, 
and it's this is not what our country is supposed to be founded on. And the average American would not agree with how things are being done or run in these facilities, in the jails and prison systems of this country. And if they actually understood what was happening, they would be appalled and they would demand a, a, a modification or correction, you know, of uh, of the judiciary and the way it's run. So um, I don't know if you want me to call you back. I can. Um, the, the key thing for me here, folks, is I'm I'm still in need of funding, and that's the biggest problem for me right now is funding. Um, so um, I'm trying to, to raise some funds. Um, Hundred bucks. I, I, the goal would be, you know, ten thousand. That would be that would be great. Uh, but I know things are rough on the outs. But you know, I'm taking a I'm taking the bullet for everyone here, and um, and I'll stop there. Thank you for using GTL. Hey guys, just um, wanted to excuse me say that uh, thanks for listening to the program. I'm actually going to try to wait for her to call back and see what happens. But in the meantime, I want to mention a few things. Um, Pruitt's tree resin. And I want to say I had a personal experience with Pruitt's tree resin. So at one point in time, oh, this is her. This is Rexton. Hold on. Welcome to Studio 1776. This is the second part with Rexton Lotus Justice. And uh, Rexton, let's pick up where we left off. Yeah, um, I think we were talking about fundraising, for one. Um, you know, the the thing that I did notice in the little bit of time, the six hours I did have looking at this terabyte of data, uh, was the degree that they just tore the house up, for one, which just really made me feel uh, an extreme amount of grief for my wife, who had to deal with this while I was under surgery. And, you know, I was dealing with my own kind of hell. Uh, but uh, she was made to deal with some really horrible situations uh, in the moving and dealing with our, our beautiful home being basically tore up and warred upon. And, um, and uh, you know, but I looked at some of the documents, and, and one thing that, that's in there is there's this intel report. There's several intel reports, but uh, what I basically can prove and they show is that they had been targeting me politically uh, as, quote, a sovereign citizen, which in the state of Ohio is a domestic terrorist. Now, you go to another county, uh, state like Kentucky, and they think all of their people there are sovereign citizens. They treat them with respect, that, that, that the people have a sovereignty. You know, they, they do it lawfully in, in Kentucky. Uh, but in the state of Ohio, a sovereign citizen is a domestic terrorist, and the attorney general has uh, impl implemented programs and stuff to you know, tell and brainwash the law enforcement officers that people that they tag – they tag based upon their political ideology or speech or whatever, whether they belong to a group or not, whether they can prove that they've ever done anything other than have political speech against the state or just as a constitutionalist. If the state tags you a domestic terrorist, your life is in danger. You, you literally are, uh, your life is, you're, you're under uh, threat of death in this state. They like to kill sovereign citizens, uh, and they do, and there's no, there will not be a grand jury. I uh, have proof of that. Uh, they've done it in the city of Columbus on one occasion, definitely. Uh, killed a man that was tagged as a sovereign citizen. And um, and he was assassinated by the city of Columbus Police Department, and nothing was done about it uh, because he was on parole, right? So, um, But they had been targeting me to give me uh, this tag of, uh, of, of domestic terrorists, of a sovereign citizen, since 2014, uh, 2015, when they first uh, started uh, – 
come, you know, started uh, tar- uh, targeting me and following me because of what I was doing politically. At the time, I was actually, uh, again, occupying kind of the courts and helping the disenfranchised exercise their rights to demure and to be treated fairly in the court systems, not be sent to disability courts and all this other stuff. That got me targeted uh, in their system and treat and tagged as, quote, a sovereign citizen, which, again, in the state of Ohio, under the uh, uh, policies of the Attorney General's office is a domestic terrorist. They've been doing that since 2014, and there's a, and and they've cultivated this false narrative. Uh, they say that during the standoff that I declared myself a sovereign citizen, which would never happen, folks. Never ever would that come out of my mouth. Now this is this is in a written format on this uh, this uh, this type of log entry, which says. Uh, assailant or per, uh, uh, admitted to being a sovereign citizen or something, affirmed this. And I'm like, no, it would never happen. Uh, there's no recording of this log, of course. Um, and and then there was this intel report, which really was concerning because it was it was basically went through and every affiliate affiliate or associate that they thought I was connected to, such as my mother or, or uh, you know, uh, even a girlfriend or something like that from long ago. They had every address that they ever lived at their whole life, had their Social Security number, had all their personal data, and associated me with people that I did not know, uh, had me tagged as a strategic threat group in prison, which I knew. I was, a, I was an STG, you know, nation of one. There's, you know, and that's reserved for, like, the um, – for the Aryan Brotherhood and stuff, and they had this person, this a name of this person I was supposedly associated with, who was an Aryan princess. Okay, <laughs> I didn't know the girl, and why they think a transsexual would be associated with the Aryan Brotherhood is beyond my comprehension. But so they had all this basically this false narrative information that they had collected for the last you know five to seven years to create and cultivate this false dossier. And, you know, just like Trump, okay, this is what they do. And so the point is is that we all have these intel reports that they have created probably for every American who has ever had a traffic ticket. They had every traffic ticket I'd ever had, you know, all this stuff. And it was clear that – and this was this was one of them was an intel report created by Dave Yost's office, the attorney general's office. And so it's clear to me that the attorney general's office has access to Homeland Security Database, which I've told you guys has happened since uh, since the Patriot Act. And they are literally using their ability to access these federal databases to create these dossiers of people with false narratives that are full of misinformation and lies so that they can substantiate and get people targeted by their little private armies of the police forces, the police, you know, police powers, and the sheriffs who are not under the jurisdiction of anybody, as far as I can tell. And so, uh, you know, that's a scary scenario that everyone should be aware of, that your government, that your attorney generals, that your local police, your local law enforcement are creating dossiers on you. And there's information in that that could get you your life threatened and get you targeted by the law enforcement officers who are taught to fear you and go after you if there are certain key words. And, you know, another bit of information was in my cell phone, the only words that they that they searched for were POTUS and Trump. That's it. That's that was all they searched for in my in my cell phone. You know, uh, and so it, so basically, I, I don't think they thought I was a danger to Trump. I thought that they were targeting me because they thought I was you know a big Trumper, which is which if you listen to my videos and you knew, I was not a big. I mean, I had no horse in that game. I was as critical of him as I would be any president. 
who who is doing things that I think are unconstitutional and have a duty to to act. So, but it was clear that they were targeting the people who are constitutionalists as Trumpers and Trumpsters. And this is in a Republican-run state, folks. This is a Republican quote-unquote run state. So, you know, basically Trump, what you saw Trump have to deal with for four years is what a lot of Americans are dealing with on a daily basis, having false dossiers and intel reports written about them that are full of inaccurate information. I think they said that, oh, they said that uh, in 2014 that I'd had a a concealed carry uh, charge. Never, ever has that happened. This is not substantiated by any charge. So literally, these are criminal intel reports or just intel reports that are full of misinformation, much like, uh, but unlike a credit report where you can challenge what's in them, you don't even know what's being said about you folks until they try to shoot at you at a traffic stop or they come into your house without a warrant and try to kill you and your family because someone has targeted you and created this false dossier against you. So we are definitely in uh, a fascist regime where the totalitarian state is abusing its uh, its a it's is abusing its powers and its resources to target Americans who are bringing to light criminal activity within the agencies and agents of state. So we are definitely in a fascist Fourth Reich uh, that is not going to get any better until uh, we shut this the abuses of state with the corrupt judiciary, the abuses of the police powers and the sheriffs and these criminal politicians who are allowed to create, uh, to affect treason, sedition and, and all these things and never, and are untouchable while, you know, they're going after small time petty drug users and, and torturing them in jail, uh, for months and years at a time. So this is a very disproportionate system of government that Americans should be re, uh, repulsed by. This is not our, our, uh, the concept that our founders envisioned at all. It is not even close to a Republican form of government. It is not close to a lawful form of government. And, um, and it needs to be uh, corrected and or shut down. Uh, the, the corruption definitely needs shut down. So the question is, is you know, how to do it. Uh, right now, it seems all I'm doing is creating uh, documents of, fa- of fact that haven't really been utilized by anybody. It's like I'm just, I'm writing, I'm witnessing, and my witnessing is having no effect. I'm writing these documents, um, you know, that, that are establishing violations of fact, uh, violations of law, conspiracy against rights, uh, due process rights violations, constitutional torts. I mean, you can't get past the fact that in, that in the case uh, with me, they came into the house without a warrant. It's an unlawful warrantless entry where they, they literally tried to kill my wife and I. Uh, and I have every right. Everyone has any right, no matter who. I don't care if they wear a uniform. I don't care, especially if they wear a uniform and they come into your house with a warrant, because that's what the Constitution was designed to protect us against, is the, the tyrannical state. Especially if someone in a, quote, state uniform comes into your house without a warrant, that is especially when you have the right to defend yourself, because you are a single one individual exercising your actual constitutionally established right to to be opposed against state tyrannical and despot, uh, tyranny and despotism by agents of state who have abused the law. That's what it's for. That's I mean that's the the amendments are specifically limited or the constitution and the and the bill of rights are limits to government, not us. Those are governmental limits. 
not, not even a, a, a you know a robber. But if if a sheriff comes into your house without a warrant and tries to shoot you, that is especially when the Constitution protects your right to affect self-defense. It doesn't matter who, whether you're convicted. Though. It doesn't matter who you are or what you are or what you've been in the past. You have that right. And they are trying to shred the Fourth Amendment in this state. And I need everybody's help with funding and getting the word out and getting me press coverage and 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 putting pressure by uh, by civil by you know just writing letters, calling and going, what's going on? By putting pressure upon the people in power to go, what is going on in the state of Ohio with Lotus Justice's case? Um, because they are trying to shred the Fourth Amendment. Actually, they're trying to shred the First Amendment first. They went after me because of my political speech, my, my exposing of their crimes. So they went after the First Amendment, then came after me violating the Fourth Amendment, and are now trying to deny me my right to the Second Amendment, folks. So... They're trying to shred the Constitution in the state of Ohio, and I need your help and support. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, I know that Daniel puts up uh, fundraising. I know that um, my my pastor has a cash app that she's uh, been uh, fundraising for me. I believe it's uh, the cash app is, I believe, Lucy Lou uh, 007, if, I, if I'm correct then. But... I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Uh, yeah, it's Lucy Lou, L-U-C-I-L-U, 007-007. My wife has a cash app, uh, Pixie Queen, I think, 67. But, you know, the, the Lucy Lou uh, 007 specifically goes to paying for the phone, paying for uh, uh, money on my books that I can buy paper and envelopes. I mean, I have to buy paper and envelopes. They're hoping I run out of money and can't buy paper and envelopes, folks. I have to mail pleadings in multiple envelopes that are larger than seven pages. It goes to paying for filing fees. Uh, it goes to things like that. This is what that money's used for, and um, and I need your help. I need uh, I need people to start supporting my my fight to not let the state of Ohio shred the Constitution in this case. I've been down for 19 months, and I'm not giving up. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and keep witnessing and uh, trying to be righteous in my path and defend not just my rights but everyone else's rights um, and to uh, to fight the tyranny of the state. Um, you know, that's that's what I'm still doing, folks. And and I definitely am getting it's it's getting to a critical point. Uh, funding is getting very low. I think I have less than I think I have like seventy dollars to my name right now, as I said, because I can't access assets. Um, and um, and I, I'm playing for people to help. Uh, so I, I know Daniel will probably put something up with this with this uh, uh, this this podcast, and uh, we'll try to spread the word. But uh, I know times are tough out there. Gas is. We're looking at World War III starting. If you look at what's going on in Ukraine, it's just it's just Germany all over again with uh, you know uh, the acquisition of Austria. I, I I believe it's contrived. I think we're probably potentially on the verge of, of a World War III. I know that oil and gas is going to go up, and the one thing is, is if we could collapse this false puppet treasury that's driving this petrodollar, all of these things would probably uh, dematerialize. And uh, they make money at war under the current system of treasury, and and so that's why they love it. That's why the coup loves it. And, uh, you know, so uh, the fight that I'm fighting will change will change the way the world runs, uh, shutting down the old Babylonian slave trade and the treasury where they make money when they kill us and seize our estates. 
uh, will change the entire the way all the world governments are allowed to operate, and will change. Uh, will put the power from the military oligarchs and back into the hands of the people. And until that happens, we're going to continue to have the same the same thing every day, over and over, year after year, lifetime after lifetime, for generations. And it's been that way, and we have the opportunity to change it. I have the case cases cases, and. I'm learning the law enough to change it, and um, and I'd really like your help. And so, if you could um, send some funds my way, um, ten dollars here, a thousand dollars here, I'll take it. <laughs> we definitely uh, could use it. I uh, I have more claims that I could have already filed with the state. It takes between three hundred and fifty and four hundred dollars every time I file a federal case. Um, and uh, right now, I don't even have money for the one I'm doing. I probably have enough evidence to claim to file three or four cases. So that right there, we're looking at twelve to fifteen hundred dollars um, that uh, they will seize from me in my books. So you know, again, if they seize money off my books, I won't be able to buy paper and and, and uh, pens. So it's a self. Um, it's it's just a big racket, folks. And I'm fighting the machine, and and um, and I'm doing the best I can with with the resources and support system I have. And uh, while I'm at it, I want to thank my pastor, Luciana, and my friend Mike, and my friend Debbie, and. and people who are helping me on a daily, um, my friend Robin, a uh, small group of people that have stuck by me and are doing the best they can with the limited resources they have personally. So there's a very small group of people that are really burying the shoulder of a very large problem. So that's what I have for you today, folks, and I appreciate your time. And thank you, Daniel. And I think that's that's probably enough for today. Sound good? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's pretty good um, for an update for, you know, our, our social followers. I just want to tell you that uh, the the uh, podcast is growing. And, uh, you know, the word's getting out there. And I uh, just want to thank our listeners and subscribers for listening. And uh, if you guys want to know more about this case, about Rexton List, Lotus Justice case, you know, you can go to our website, Anti-Deep State Party. We have a page on there specifically for Rexton Lotus Justice. If you're interested in donating, we also have a link on there for that. But I want to encourage our listeners uh, to go to social1776.com. That's really where you're going to find the most updated information about what's going on with Social 1776 as well as Courtroom Watch. And uh, anyways, I want to say thanks, Reston, for joining us this evening. And uh, thanks, for, thanks for having me. And while you're on his page, there's actually a link to a, to a website, uh, to a dot, uh, dot .info, lotusjustice.info. And, like, there's some other links on his You have one minute remaining. Thanks, Daniel. Yeah, go ahead. You have the last word. Uh, I just, I hope for your support. Uh, I hope, I'm hoping that we can get some donations and that people, I can get uh, the word spread and, and people, uh, you know, um, putting putting their money where their mouth is is what I need what I need to happen here. I know people are busy and, and, and times are tough, but we really need uh, help with some funding to really uh, try to push the law here. And I'm I'm on the wrong side of the bar, and I need your help, folks. I definitely need your help. So get, getting low on funds, getting low on uh, resources, and, and passing them. So thank you, Daniel, for your help. And I'll probably call you back in uh, maybe about an hour and do that off-the-record conversation I wanted to talk to you about. Sound good? Oh, sounds good. All right. Okay. 
Yeah, if you could hold off processing this until we have that conversation, that would be great. Okay. Yeah, fine. Absolutely. Right. Sounds good. All right. Thank you, Daniel. So, uh, absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. All right. All right. Bye. All right. Bye.